Hello, and welcome to the weekly worship podcast for Fuquay Arena United Methodist Church. We think it's important, not just that you listen today, but we would invite you to worship with us today. If you'd like to further engage your faith or the community around you and like to partner with us, uh, please visit our website, fvumc.org, for more information. Also, we'd love to hang out with you on a Sunday morning, whether that's live, online, or in person. Online on Sunday mornings on our website or Facebook page or YouTube channel, you can enjoy the venue with us, which is a worship service crafted for community online, or you can join our live in-person services online at 1010 for our contemporary, 1115 for our traditional. If you'd like to worship in person with us, we have worship at 9 o'clock and 1010 for our contemporary worship services and 1115 for our traditional worship. At the end of the day, we believe that when and where you worship is not nearly as important as that you worship. And so we're so glad to be with you today, worshiping together. Well, hey, everybody. It's great uh, to be together with you today. If um, we, we are continuing in our series on uh, Favumsi at the Movies. We're watching a film on Wednesday, talking about it on the weekends. So uh, we started out with Turning Red, which turned out to be a great conversation about the scars that we carry. Uh, last week, we looked at Encanto. We talked about what it means for families to keep secrets and why we can't can't keep secrets. Got to talk about Bruno. Rapping was involved. No rapping this week, but uh, we're going to be looking at the Avengers this week. Um, and a couple of disclaimers before we dive in. One, uh, <clears throat> this is this is almost the exact same sermon uh, that I dealt with July 4th weekend of 2020. Uh, the film that we're talking about, which is called Endgame, has one that comes before it called Infinity War. They are just two halves, basically, of the same story, the same movie. Um, the reason that we're doing it again is I was just hopeful, I think, to bring the conversation up again because of of all the things uh, that I wrestle with in life, this one just, I have not been able to let it go. I mean, it's a full two years later. Um, and I bet I reference uh, this sermon to myself uh, easily once a week. Um, in my house, we have a rule, you can't quote me against me. Uh, you know, you can't use what I say on Sunday morning to hold me accountable to it later in the week. I don't like that. Um, I, I know I'm a hypocrite. We don't need to point it out more. Uh, but, um, I, I feel like I quote me against me all the time. Um, and so I, I just wanted to give us a chance to, to deal with it again, uh, and maybe to invite more folks, uh, to, to consider what has been forcing me, like the way it's been challenging me to, to consider some things more deeply about my own life. Um, the second disclaimer I'll make is uh, if you watched it and you understood none of it, welcome to my world. Uh, the first time I watched uh, Infinity War, I understood like maybe 2% of it. I called my brother, who's a big comic book guy. He's so graciously spent like 30 or 40 minutes trying to explain it to me. I understood less when we ended than when we started. And I mean, this these movies, they're just mashups of like all these different plot lines, all these different storylines that have intersected in the Marvel universe over you know, dozens of films and stories uh, all kind of coming together in one. It's confusing. I, I, I actually suspect that it's what many people feel like the Bible uh, is like when we first show up to it. It's all these characters. How does everybody know who these people are? Their lives seem to intersect in ways we wouldn't have anticipated. What are they saying? We pull some quotes of things that they say that sound important out of context and people who know the context were so offended, you know, and people that don't are like, Oh, we'll cross stitch it and put it on a pillow. So like, I, I get where you are. So if, if you, 
if you didn't understand any of it, we're going to try to spend some time right now making sense of it. Um, and again, kind of getting to the heart of the matter, I hope. I hope. All right. Before we dive in, <clears throat> I want to start with a word of scripture. It comes from John chapter 15, verse 12. Jesus is talking. He's talking to his friends, his disciples. This is like at the last meal. He's getting ready to leave them. And he's giving them his kind of like last thoughts and speech. Uh, and this is what he says. This is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. Not just love one another like, you know, I, I also love you, so you should love other people. Like, love others as I love you. Love one another as I have loved you in the same way, with the same character, the same nature. No one, verse 13, no one has greater love than this, than to lay down one's life for one's friend. This is what love looks like. It's a self-sacrificial sort of situation. Um, again, there's so many things that stood out in the movie um, I, I'm going to talk about sacrifice and um, and what it means for us to live a self-sacrificial life. I don't have answers uh, for that, but I'm going to try to point us in that direction a little bit um, today. All right, this film has two like battling forces, and they are they are both wrestling for I don't say wrestling for control over the universe. But they're they're battling for the fate of the universe. They're battling each other for the fate of the universe. You got good guys and bad guys, right? Um, if it's helpful, uh, in this case, the bad guy's name is Thanos, and the good guys are called the Avengers. Now, don't we love it when there's a story that says very clearly this is a good guy and this is a bad guy? Um, I think we try to do that all the time in our world. Um, I'll never forget the first time my daughter asked the question out loud: "Are there bad guys in real life?" And my wife and I had to answer that question. One, we hated to burst her bubble in that moment that like the world is not a perfect place built for your enjoyment and delight. Um, there is uh, evil. There are things that are not well-ordered, well-organized. I mean, there is brokenness in the world. I, it was just sad to shatter, shatter that reality for her. But, but also, I think we all kind of realized as we were trying to figure out how to answer that question um, that we could make it really easy. We could kind of put people in the bad guy category. But much like we see in the Avengers, uh, in, in our world as well, uh, sometimes the line between the good guys and the bad guys is not all that different. Um, and, and we're going to wrestle with that uh, in the Avengers storyline. All right, let's start with Thanos. Thanos, the bad guy, um, his goal is to create balance, uh, harmony, uh, what we might call biblically shalom in the universe. That's what he wants to do. And the Avengers, they want to do the very same thing. They're trying to create peace, harmony, balance, uh, shalom in the universe. What we're going to see is the difference for each of them is how that shalom is accomplished. Uh, for Thanos, uh, he fervently believes that the world is overpopulated. And the only way to restore stasis is to eliminate half of the population in the world. And in order to do so, he has to capture all of the elemental forces that exist in the world that are represented in the story by six infinity stones. And if he can get all of these stones with the snap of his fingers, he can make half of the world disappear. He does not think that this is good. He does not like that this is the only way, but he believes so vehemently that this is the only way that can happen. And he is willing to sacrifice himself to sacrifice the emotional weight and baggage that comes with that project, to be the bad guy. He's willing to be the bad guy because he thinks it's good for the universe. To be fair, he is not trying to eliminate 
certain people, certain groups of people. This is a value neutral sort of judgment that he is making. He just knows that half of everybody uh, needs to go away. The Avengers do not agree that that is the way. Um, and so they are trying uh, to stop him from doing it by protecting those infinity stones, by trying to keep him from getting his hands on them and putting them in this glove that he can wear and snap of his fingers. In order to do so, the Avengers also recognize that sacrifice is important and necessary. Now, let's draw a little bit of a line between the types of sacrifices that we're talking about, and then we'll get to the Avengers and kind of what their, their deal is. <clears throat> for Thanos' plan to work, right, for, for this kind of whole process to take place, um, just one of the stories, in order to get one of the stones, which is called the Soul Stone, uh, in order to do that, you have to climb up this mountain, and there is a guy, Captain America's old foe, who guards the Soul Stone. And in order to get it, you have to sacrifice something that you love, a soul for a soul. You have to sacrifice someone that you love, a soul of someone that you love, in order to get the Soul Stone. Uh, of course, you cannot sacrifice something you do not love. That's not sacrifice, right? Um, and so, as we watch this play out, this is in the first film, we see Thanos sacrifice his daughter, Gamora. And I'll be honest with you, like I found myself weeping as the villain of the movie is weeping by, because of the sacrifice that he had to make. Um, Gamora did not want to be sacrificed. It was not a choice that she was making. It was a choice that he was making. It was a sacrifice that he was making on her behalf, right, for this project that he's working on. He was choosing to sacrifice someone else. Even if it cost him something, he was choosing to sacrifice someone else for the greater good. And that was something that he was willing to do. If you are into philosophy, if you're buying into his philosophy, um, he's the hero. And in that philosophy... Uh, we would call that like a utilitarian philosophy. Uh, John Stuart Mill, um, J.S. Mill, wrote a lot about utilitarian philosophy. Um, he wrote a lot of the things that he wrote sort of sit at the foundation of what our current mode of government, our democracy, our way of life here in the United States is built on. It might be a familiar name. You can go and read it. I'm not saying that this is what J.S. Mill would have warned us to do, but like a Millsian philosophy at its extreme could look like something like this. And this would be a critique. This would be a critique of that philosophy. So Thanos is required to make a sacrifice of others. It's going to cost him something, but he's going to sacrifice others for the greater good. The Avengers, in order to defeat what they see as an unabidable philosophy that Thanos is carrying around, are also called to make sacrifice, right? Um, the sacrifices that they are asked to make in the first film, they are unwilling to make. They refuse to make those sacrifices. Uh, and here's why. Plenty of the Avengers are willing to be sacrificed. They express a self-sacrificial mentality or idea. But in order, in every one of those instances, in order for one of them to be sacrificed for the greater good, the rest of the Avengers or one of the other Avengers are going to have to do the work to sacrifice that person. Um, so even if someone is willing to die for the greater good, the Avengers cannot bring themselves to do it. Here is one of those scenes. Again, this is in the first film. There's a guy named Vision 
He carries one of the stones in his forehead. To remove it or to break it is to kill him. And he says, Thanos threatens half of the universe. One life cannot stand in the way of defeating him, right? One life cannot stand in the way of saving the whole universe. One of us should die for the greater good. Does that sound familiar? That is a utilitarian ethic, right? In response to him, Captain America says, but it should. We don't trade lives. We hear the same sort of response echoed a little bit later on. Um, In one of my favorite scenes, Captain America goes and teams up with the Black Panther. Fantastic story, fantastic film, totally worth watching. And uh, Black Panther says, as they're all going into battle against Thanos' forces, shoulder to shoulder, he says, you're in Wakanda now. Here, we don't fight for one life. We fight for all of them. It's the same ethic that we hear, right? If, If we move in the same philosophical direction as Thanos, we are no better than him. If we are willing to sacrifice one life for the sake of the greater good, we are taking one small step in the direction of this philosophy that we have said we are not going uh, to take part in. What they are embodying is a different philosophical view of the world, one uh, that calls to mind uh, a person named Immanuel Kant and what was called his categorical imperative. His categorical imperative said that basically we shouldn't do anything that we wouldn't also want everybody else to do. If we do it, we should only do it if we think it's okay if everybody else does it. Um, I actually wrote it down here. Uh, That maxim by which we cling to our values in every decision, doing nothing that you would not at the very same time will to become a universal principle, law, or action for every person. I mean, this is a philosophy, right, that requires a a deep and abiding attachment to, uh, to our values, to our ethic, and that we would not do anything to compromise that ethic. At the end of the first movie, the, the, the philosophy of one, the plan of one succeeds. Thanos, uh, and the plan of the other fails because the Avengers spent the entire movie trying to figure out how to take the stone out of Vision's forehead without killing him. It was like they needed to find a way that didn't, didn't involve killing him. Like they wanted to find a way to do it without the sacrifice, um, that was necessary. And they failed as a result. When we get to the second film, the one that we're talking about today, um, It's like they cracked the code, right? They figure out that self-sacrifice is the only answer. That one has to sacrifice oneself and cannot ask another to do so in order for uh, victory to uh, be won. Again, I think there's a super fine line between Thanos and the uh, Avengers. and, um, And one decision can begin to move us towards the other extreme, right? We clearly see those extremes. Uh, Thanos looks bad. The Avengers look like us, Uh, you know, humans on Earth. He looks like some alien. So it's easy to like call him bad and call the Avengers good. It feels right to us. Uh, And yet there's just such a fine line um, that exists there. Um, uh, and, And I think not at the extremes. Sometimes the tug of war between these two philosophies, these two ways of thinking, are uh, harder sometimes to to distinguish and to determine. And one of the things that I named two years ago and that I've continued to wrestle with for my own self, and it's probably too self-revealing here, but um, I am regularly guilty of, I mean, I think maybe 
at heart, I have become uh, a utilitarian. Um, I am, I, I think, pretty regularly willing to sacrifice uh, some hurt, some pain, some discomfort from some people for some version of the greater good. Um, here's a, a, a way of, of talking about that maybe. Um, I'm really compelled by the general rules of John Wesley. He was one of the, the founders of the United Methodist Church, and um, he had general rules. This is back in the 1700s. And one of those, the second one, um, was that you should do all the good you can. This is how sometimes we, we frame it up. Do all the good you can by all the means you can in all the ways you can and all the places you can at all the times you can to all the people you can as long as ever you can. I love that rule. I love doing good things. Uh, I love doing good things with other people. I love doing good things for other people. I like, I mean, I want to win, right? Everything. I want to conquer the world. Like, I, 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 like let's let's make this place Great. Let's fix all the problems. Like I'm in. If it's a creative solution, count me in. I'll be a part of the team. I'll get down to the trenches. I'll pull with you guys. Like let's let's make this happen. I am in favor of doing all the good we can and all the places we can by all the means we can for all the people we can as long as ever I can. That I'm in on that. However, his first rule is to do no harm. Right. In principle, I love that. I'm a good guy. Like, we're good people. We don't want to harm other people. Like, none of us are like, who, who can we harm today? Like, that's not what we're after, right? But while we're in the process of doing all the good we can and all the ways we can and all the places we can for whoever we can, as long as we can, while we're in the process of doing that, like, sometimes a little harm, a little harm happens. Like, sometimes a little non-requested sacrifice on behalf of someone else who doesn't necessarily agree to it. It's just a byproduct of doing all the good that we can in all the places that we can by all the means we can. And I think, I think pretty regularly, I'm willing to make that sacrifice on behalf of other people. Um, I'm willing to like do a little harm. I don't want to talk about it. It's uncomfortable to deal with it. If somebody calls it out while we're trying to do all these good things, like I don't want to hear that. I want to move on, sweep it under the rug, not have to deal with it. But as soon as I make that decision, as soon as I make that decision, I got to wonder: Am I no better? Then Thanos, Thanos, like, is it a good thing <laughs> that I found myself sometimes more compassionately associating my own life, uh, my own ministry, my own work, my own decisions uh, with the villain in, in this movie? Like, I'm not sure. I'm not sure that's a ideal. Um, that's what I've been. That's what I've been wrestling with. Um, I uh, a victory like the one that the Avengers achieve. Spoiler alert: at the end of Endgame, the second film, is one that requires self-sacrifice. It's one that requires us um, to sometimes not have the things we want to have, uh, not do the things that we want to do. It, it requires us to do the hard work of digging down and investigating when we might be doing a little harm that's kind of easy to sweep under the rug, particularly if we're doing harm um, to things or to people that don't have necessarily a voice to speak up or their voices aren't at the table. Um, and uh, I don't know, it's just really been a challenge. It's been a challenge for me to wrestle with, with this reality. Um, it sounds to me, uh, honestly, like this is a challenge that Jesus makes to us. And 
Uh, sometimes I like to spiritualize these words in a way that makes me not have to deal with them. But again, here's Jesus. Jesus tells his disciples in Matthew chapter 16, if any want to become my, my followers, my disciples, right? Which I do. I do. I really do. I really do. Let them deny themselves, take up their cross, and follow me. For those who want to save their life will lose it. And those who lose their life for my sake will find it. For what will it profit them if they gain the whole world? but forfeit their life? Or what will uh, they give in return for their life? I mean, this for Jesus is a very real statement. It's a very real question. And uh, it's easy for me to talk about like what it looks like for me to take up my cross. Like it's easy to put that in spiritual terms. Um, But I think Jesus is inviting us into into a way of life that does no harm, um, even if a lot of good comes as a result of it. Um, the good news is that I don't think God is asking us to do something that God is not willing to do, right? Romans chapter 5, again, not to throw a bunch of scripture at you, but just as an example, Paul writes, um, for while we were still weak, broken, while the world was not as it was supposed to be, while we were hoping for shalom, for while we were still weak, just at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly, for me, right, for us. Indeed, rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person, someone might actually dare to die, the Avengers. But God proves his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. While we were in open rebellion against God, Christ died for us. Christ chose the pathway of self-sacrifice. God's not asking us to do something that God, God's self was not willing to do. We are invited to turn our lives over to the one who has already turned his life over to us. Uh, this film, both of them together, uh, they they caught me off guard. Uh, I will be right honest with you. I did not anticipate the Avengers inviting me into a place of repentance. Um, I didn't <laughs> I didn't imagine that at the end of the film I was going to feel convicted to double down on what it means for me to offer my life fully to the one who has offered his life fully uh, to me. Um, It did. I then also didn't expect uh, that weekly I was going to be challenged to do all of the good that I can in all the places that I can, by all the means that I can, for whoever I can, as long as ever I can. Um, but challenged quite so much that while doing that good, to ask what harm it is that I'm doing uh, in the process. Um, yeah, that's where we are. Um, I'd be curious to know uh, where that sits for you. Um, and I'd like to invite you to join me uh, on that trek. Um, I'd like to invite you to join me in what it looks like to evaluate the decisions that we make, the choices that we make uh, in our places of business, uh, in our homes, um, in all the places that we live, work, and play, uh, and what it looks like ultimately for us to make those choices, um, choosing to offer our, our lives over to the one who offers his life fully for us. Uh, blessings on you as we uh, wrestle, uh, wrestle with the Avengers together. Talk to you guys later. Again, it's been great to worship together with you today. If you would like to engage your faith or the community around you, we'd love to partner with you in that. You can visit our website, fvumc.org, to find out more information on what that looks like or to reach out to us. I'd like to extend another invitation for you to come and join us online or in person on Sunday mornings live. 
Uh, and while you're on our website, uh, again, if this is a regular place that you find spiritual sustenance, we'd love to partner with you as we serve our community here in the greater Fuquay-Varina area. Um, fvumc.org slash give would help you uh, join in with us in all of the wonderful work that happens in and through this family of faith here at Fuquay-Varina United Methodist Church. It's been great to worship together with you, and we look forward to doing it again soon.